<laughs> My mother told me that I was a loud kid anyway, so um, now that I'm a grown man, my voice should be stronger than it was when I was a child. So, uh, can you all hear me now? Yeah. Awesome. Well, it is truly a privilege. It is an honor to be here. I have told Pastor Rob and Pauline that um, this is pretty much like our second slash third home. Uh, and uh, that's just simply because of the fact that we left America, my wife and I, and we now will be living in Melbourne. So Melbourne will be our first home. And then Port Lincoln is pretty much our second home because we come here more than we go back to America. So, you know, uh, we consider you guys family. So again, thank you for having us. Um, today, I want to talk about life and death and how we all have power to control life and death. So the Bible simply says this in Proverbs 18, verse 21, and then there's the New Living Translation. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. I have another version that says, uh, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Now I have to ask you a question. By a show of hands, and look, we are in church, and even if we were not in church, God would know if we're telling the truth or not. How many of us have ever said anything negative to someone? Just be okay with the fact that we are having an altar call after this message. <laughs> and we will all be participating in that just from that show of hands. Um, let me ask you another question. How many of us have ever said something nice and lovely to someone? Yes. Hopefully those that are in a relationship. You know, uh, February 14th just passed, so that was Valentine's Day. So surely you said something nice. To your partner, you probably got them a gift or gave them a high five, at least a hug and said, baby, you are stunning today. Valentine's Day. Well, Valentine's Day should be every day. For those that are not married, that's a little tip. You just put that in your back pocket. When you find your significant other, every day is Valentine's Day. So you should be speaking lovely things to your partner. <clears throat> every day. So let me get here. Uh, the challenge that many of us face is the inability to speak life from our mouths instead of death. Now we just did that simple little example of how many of us have said something nice, how many of us said something negative, and we've all raised our hands. But I can tell you that I myself have been guilty of speaking more death into situations or to people than life. And in that, God has had to convict me to say, Josh, bridle your tongue. Watch what you say, because what you say has power. What you say can manifest because of the fact that I live on the inside of you and you were made in my image. So let's just start from the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He spoke things into existence. He didn't think things into existence. He spoke things into existence. And when he made man, when he made Adam, he said, let us make him in our image. Yes. 
And not only when he made him, when he gave him the breath of life, the pneuma, (laughs) he now gave Adam the ability to have that same power. So much so that he said to Adam, you have dominion and reign over this garden. You actually can name the animals. I'm presenting to you everything in here. Name them. So that's pretty amazing that it's not God that called a cow a cow. It's not God that called a horse a horse. It was man. It was Adam that actually named and spoke those things out. But he did it with the authority that God gave him. So let me ask you this question. If we who are also made in the image of God. And we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So we are his sons and daughters. Why do we think that we have less power that the words that we say don't have an impact over the lives that we speak them over? Just think about that for a second. Because the reality is we find it easier to tell someone phrases from our emotions and frustrations. Someone cut me off in the street. You sorry sapsucker, you. I'm telling you, if I wasn't in my car, I would. We do it. I'm guilty. And for those that are looking to get your driver's license, learn from us. Don't do that. Because it doesn't help that person. And it doesn't help you. But how many times have we said things of death over someone because we allowed our emotions to dictate what we say. And here's what I want to tell you. The Bible corrects us in this. Ephesians 4.29 New Living Translation says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. I cannot get an amen in this building. Okay. Can we just focus on the first line? Don't use foul or abusive language. I could close the book right there. Because that should correct every emotional frustration desire that we have when we understand that God himself has inspired the writer to say to us, which is Paul, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. How many parents do we have in the building today? All right. So my wife and I, we are parents. We have a two and a half year old little girl. And at this stage, she mimics and repeats all that she sees and hears. Sometimes I don't know where she hears it from. I would like to blame her mom. 
but I've been married to her for five years this year, so I know that her mom doesn't talk that way. So then I'm going, is it the babysitter? Now I got to get a nanny cam with a radio activity microphone and all this other type of stuff to figure out what type of language is being said around because she watches Disney Plus and YouTube Kids. So I'm just like, okay, now what's on YouTube Kids? I'll give you an example. This morning, we were putting her in the car. She said, Daddy, where are we going? I said, baby, we're going to church. She goes, oh, that sounds boring. Oh, that sounds a bit boring. And I can tell you now, in the 38 years of my living, only about seven of those, I said church was boring. And that was when I was like one through seven, because my parents made me go to church every day. But at some point, I know that I never said that around my daughter. So for her to be able to pick that up, it's, if we can throw that scripture back, uh, Ephesians 4. If we don't have it here, I have it here. It says, let no corrupting talk. This is the ESV version. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as it fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. It's the grace to those who hear. It's the part where the New Living Translation said so that it could encourage those, be an encouragement to those that hear it. So that means that what you say out of your mouth, there's a phrase, walls have eyes and ears. So you may think that you're alone, but trust me, someone is always listening. And what they hear you say can impact the rest of their lives. Because they've learned a behavior. They've watched you as the example to say, well, if mom, dad, brother, sister, uncle, cousin, and anybody else, nephew, second cousin, first cousin, friend, spouse, partner, whatever title you may carry, if you're speaking death, then you've just allowed that death to become a learned behavior, which now would transition to the next generation. See, a lot of us think that there's this thing called generational curses. But in reality, when Jesus died on the cross, he defeated every curse. So when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're now no longer bound to the curse of the world. So there's now no curse that you can say, oh, this happened because my father was this or my mother was this. It's now generational choices. It's learned behavior. I'm going to keep going. James 3. This one has a little bit of reading to it, so just bear with me. James 3, verse 1 through 12. says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness, for we all stumble in many ways, and if any does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouth of horses, horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also, though they are large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder 
wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird and reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in likeness of God. From the same mouth comes blessings and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be. Does a spring pour forth from a same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or grapevine produces figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. You have to understand that our mouths, our tongues, is a powerful weapon. We've been guilty of it. We've been guilty of saying bad things, and we've been guilty of saying good things. But today, I want to just encourage you to allow the good things to begin to outweigh the bad. I also want to encourage you to not to allow your emotions to force you to say something that you know that is not true over someone that you love. I was going to do an example this morning. <laughs> I want you to look to your neighbor. It doesn't matter if it's on the left or the right. Just look at him and say, you are an amazing person. <laughs> You are an amazing person. Now, that felt good, didn't it? Like, it felt good hearing someone telling you that you're amazing. That's what we call speaking life over that individual. Now, how many received that, that they were amazing? Okay, for those that didn't receive it, I want you to learn to be able to receive life that's over you. Because someone just literally told you that you are amazing. And I don't think that they would lie in church. <laughs> so surely they said it because they know that you are truly amazing. Now the next part is, if that same person was to look at you and say, you are terrible. You're the worst person. You would be like, whoa, wait a second. How dare you? Sometimes... It may have been a slap. That's why I didn't have your neighbor say it because I didn't want any physical altercations or all of that type of stuff to happen. I don't want the police to come up in here and just be like, hey. But how easy is it for us to say something nice to someone but then turn around and say something negative? 
Well, I just read to you in the book of James where he told us that we are not supposed to have blessings and cursing coming out of the same. It is actually ungodly for us to operate in that way. I know this may be tough for you to hear and you may be going, it's impossible for me not to say something. Because, you know, if this person does this and this person... He said it. The tongue is untamable. If you are in the flesh. See, it's untamable if you are not allowing the Holy Spirit to guide and direct you. Well, then you might as well say, well, how can I let the Holy Spirit guide me all day, every day to keep me from speaking death over someone? Does I have to go walking, speaking in tongues, yah, blah, 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 shit, blah, blah, shit, blah, blah, all day? No, don't do that. But what you can do is pray without ceasing. Well, what is prayer? Just a conversation with God. Hey, God, I'm waking up today thanking you for blessing me, thanking you for directing me, thanking you for giving me this day. I ask that you would bridle my tongue so that in my conversations they are seasoned with salt. So that I don't speak death over anything or anyone that you have not ordained me to speak it to. I'll keep going. If you are able to declare a few things in the morning... In the evening, in the nighttime, it'll actually change your life. And I want to do four declarations as a church today. If you would just repeat after me, you can write them down. I know I should have given it to the CG operator so they can, but I'll just repeat them for you. The first one is that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Let's say that again. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That's a good declaration, isn't it? Because we know that God created us. So he created us with the understanding that he wanted perfection. He didn't just go, oh, I'm going to create this person. He molded and designed all of us for a purpose that he has. So. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You should declare that over your life every morning. Second declaration. God knows the plans that he has for me. Let's say that part first. God knows the plans that he has for me. And that is for me to prosper in good fortune, blessings, and hope. I'll say that again. God knows the plans that he has for me. And that is for me to prosper in good fortune, blessings, and hope. Declaration number three. God knows every detail about me. All the way to the number of hairs on my head. I love that. God counted my hairs. <clears throat> he knows. He knows. And when the wind blows, whoo, it's such a great feeling. 
<laughs> but honestly, think about it. All of these declarations so far are biblical declarations. They're made practical for us to be able to speak life over ourselves each day so that when we step out of our bed, we don't have to worry about what we are faced with. Because you know what? The angels of God go before us and they actually are already battling spiritual wickedness. So what we have to learn to do is speak and declare life over ourselves each day. Here's the last one. Most of all, I am made in God's image. Let's repeat that one more time. Most of all, I am made in God's image. Mm. It is so important for us to understand that God spoke everything into existence, like I said earlier. And here's what I love. When he came in the form of Jesus, Jesus was that perfect example speaking life. He spoke life when he healed. He spoke life when he brought people back from the dead. Literally, they were dead. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. And it's so amazing that when he spoke to Lazarus, that's my Aussie way, because, you know, Australians, you shorten, you shorten everything. Lazarus, come forth. Now, if he had not a, oh, Laz, I got Lazar, Lazar. Hey. My wife is more Aussie than I am. <laughs> Lazar, come forth. Here's amazing. Here's what's amazing. If Jesus would have just said, come forth, every person that had passed away in that tomb would have come out. Like, oh, But because Jesus knew that he had power to speak into situations, he had to be specific about what he was saying. So let me tell you, when you say things, you need to be specific. You need to start saying exactly what it is that you want to see happen in your life on a daily basis. You need to begin to speak those things that are not as if they were because you were made in God's image with the ability to do things that Jesus has done himself and greater. The thing is that we, 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 we like to say, oh, well, Jesus never... Well, he, he, didn't he speak negative things or blah, blah? Jesus actually spoke death. What? Well, if you remember, Jesus was hungry. He was walking and he saw a fig tree. And he was like, oh, I'm about to get me a fig. I want a fig. Oh, let me look. Oh, fig tree. There are no figs on this tree. And then he said, you will never bear fig, fruits, anything again. You will be dead. Perish. Walks away, comes back, and the fig tree is gone. It's dead. Now, why would you think that Jesus would speak death 
to that fig tree. Because the fig tree was not doing what it was supposed to do in the season that it was supposed to be producing fruit. Let me go a little bit deeper. That means that when there are situations and circumstances happening in your life, Oh, if I can't get an amen on this one. That means that when depression comes upon you or circumstances come upon you that don't really need to be there. That's out of season. It's out of character as a man and woman of God for me to go through this. Guess what you can do? You can speak death to those things. You can speak death to the situation without speaking death to the person. I'll repeat that. You can speak death to the situation without speaking death to the person. I know right now some of you are going, whoa, my boss. He should have given me a raise a long time ago. He knows good and well that I need more money. And look, Pastor Rob, this is only something that I heard through the window that Josh was praying. You know, um, so I just want to. I just want to let you know. It's okay, but now I'm trying to make sure that he speaks, you know, death to the situation out of the person. So, guess what you can do? You can literally say, God, I'm speaking death and cancellation to the spirit of poverty. I come against the spirit of lack. Because I am your son, I am your daughter, and you told me in your word that if the natural father gives good gifts, how much more would my heavenly father give? And I don't have to wait for my birthday to get a gift all wrapped up in bread. So now, I've just come to you all the way by way of America, through Adelaide, now through Melbourne, to back to Port Lincoln to tell you that you can speak life over yourself and then you can also speak death to the situations and circumstances that you face so that you don't face them anymore. You have to understand that fig tree never came back to life. There was not a scripture that came after that. That said, Jesus was like, oh, fig tree, I forgive you. Come back to life. When he spoke death and the end of that fig tree, because it was not doing what it was supposed to do in the season in which it was supposed to be, that was it. And let me tell you, if you link up your faith with your words... The same miraculous thing about the fig tree dying can happen in your, oh, you don't believe me? Well, the Bible says that if you would speak to the mountain to be moved and not have doubt that the mountain would move. I'm not making this up. It's in the good book. Well, I'm not telling you to go speak to every physical mountain. Mount Everest. You've been here for the last whatever. Now move over here. No, no. The Bible is simply telling you whatever obstacle is in your way. Whatever situation that you're facing, you can actually say to it, move right now. 
I have a destination. I don't need to walk around this mountain. I want to walk straight through. So therefore, mountain, you are in my way. You are in my way. In the name of Jesus, move. And then you just start walking. You guys follow me on this? All right. So. I'm about to narrow it down. Yeah, we're coming to an end. That's good. That's good. <laughs> so it says, please know that what we say about what I say about oh, this is this is this is actually a good point. So um, in life, we've received and we've heard negative things said over us. Am I correct? Yes. I can tell you now. Just by a small, small fraction of my life, um, people say that I can sing. I, I would like to think that I can sing or hold a note. I grew up singing. My memory of singing probably started from the age of six. That's probably when I can actually go back to a memory where I'm standing in front of the church singing. But there was one particular time in my life where uh, my pastor at the church that I was serving in at the time, said, you're the worst singer I've ever heard. You cannot sing. You're not anointed to sing and you're not called. So why do we even have you on the platform? These were his words. I'm not making this up. I had a choice. I had a choice to receive what he said or rebuke it. And speak death to that situation. Not speak death to him. But speak death to that situation in the words that he said. And here's the thing. Because he spoke death over me. And I chose not to receive it. Not to internalize it. Do you know that his words had no power over me? Let me repeat that. When you've been spoken to in any way, shape, form, or fashion that is not life-giving, and you are a son and daughter of God, those words mean nothing. It's only when you internalize it. So if I would have said, oh, no, he's the pastor. He said that about me. Is that true? Did I sing a bad note? Have I been wrong this whole time? I've been singing here for five years. Man, why didn't he tell me that year one? Why did he wait until... Oh, man, I'm... Never going to sing again. Guess what I just did? I now brought the curse on myself. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so shall he be. The Bible also says... Out of the abundance of the heart. So what you internalize and what you think about yourself and what is in your heart and what you say is actually the only way that you can bring a curse or death upon yourself. Because Jesus again died on the cross and when he died on the cross, he defeated the curse. So, at this point, I just want to open up an opportunity for those 
that may not understand what it's like to be free of the curse. And we've been talking about what we say, what we do, and all of the above. And don't worry about the keys because I don't even want to take a chance. He can. And here's the thing, right? So the Bible says in Romans 10, verse 9, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. First John 1 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, here's the deal. If that's you today that need to make that confession, I can't speak that for you. I can't say Jesus, Billy. Jennifer knows that you're God. And they know that you died on the cross. I can't say that. It actually has to be a heart confession, a mind belief, and the action of you speaking those words. Now, I'm not telling you that you have to yell those words out. You can whisper them. So just in a moment of safety and less embarrassment, and you really shouldn't be embarrassed. You should be celebrating that you're about to make this decision. If that's you, everyone else's eyes being closed. Let's just, if that's you, that need to make that verbal confession. Just lift up your hands so I can see. I see you, brother. You can put it down once I see I can tell you now that this will be the best decision that you have made in your entire life. And again, I can't say this prayer for you, but I can just give you some points. I can simply read this scripture again. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The next one says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I'm just going to give a few moments of silence so that you can say that or you can whisper that. But then we're going to have a celebration. We're going to have a yell of victory because of the soul that has made a decision to speak life over himself for the rest of his life. And then we're also going to yell and we're going to celebrate because we now have an understanding and a revelation that we ourselves have power to continue to speak life and good things. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you. We love you. We adore you. We thank you that you have given us your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins, to to break the curse of this world, to break the curse of generations, to break the curse of the enemy. And God, that you have destroyed the chains that have kept us bound 
And God, we pray right now that you would be the one that bridles our tongue. That we will begin to confess and declare your goodness and your greatness above all things and above all situations that we face. So God, as I begin to wrap this prayer up, we are declaring that you are good, you are faithful, and above all, you have the power to do all things. And that same power that you have, it resides in us. So we will begin to speak life, and we will only speak death to the circumstances that do not belong in our world. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody say amen, amen, amen. and amen. Now, here's the deal. If we had sound and all this good stuff, there would be like this whole rumble, but you know what? They didn't have a four-piece band, electricity, and technology back when they said, let us come into the house of the Lord and make a joyful noise. Make a joyful noise until the Lord all ye. Sir, Lord, gladness. So on the count of three, I just want us to give God a mighty shout of praise. Is that okay? And I'm not talking about one of those just like, yeah, God. I'm talking about let it rumble. Let those that's all the way on the what side. Are we on the east, west, south? What, what side are we? We're on the west. So let's yell loud enough to where those on the east, the north, and the south can hear. Because they need to hear one heart. Is that good? So let's do that. One, two, three. Hey! my soul 